Hello, everybody, and welcome to Security Talk, a speaker series podcast of the Santa Barbara Ventura chapter of ASIS International. I'm Patrick Kane, and today we're speaking to Ed Newman. Ed is a rising figure in the security industry with a career spanning over 16 years. His journey has taken him through the UK, the Middle East, and the US, where he recently held the position of Sales and Marketing Director for an international security firm. Ed founded Redcoat Media, a marketing company that supports the security industry, when he noticed that marketing agencies just don't understand our industry and were only producing generic messaging. Since then, he and his team have set about to bridge the gap between marketing and sales to help companies grow their businesses faster than ever before. Ed leverages his in-depth knowledge of the security landscape to craft innovative marketing strategies and go-to-market plans that work. Uh, Hey, Ed, how are you? I'm all right, mate. How are you? It's a lovely, sunny Southern California day. Yeah, so we got a few clouds up there, but yeah, I I can't complain too much. Um, So yeah, it's excellent to get the opportunity to talk to you. Um, I know you're coming from a background where you spent a lot of time in the security industry in different roles. And now you've gone into a marketing specializing in the security industry. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously you saw a need there. You saw you saw some interest in that. What are some of the unique uh, marketing challenges um, for companies in this in the security industry? Oh, good question, mate. I think I think it's really what I see most of all is most companies think they have a unique product or a unique a unique you know, uh, selling point, a value proposition. And that's not necessarily true. I see a lot of, say, guarding companies saying, we do training. And it's like, well, everybody does training. Um, You know, other companies will say, we do this, we do that. But their competitor is literally doing the same thing. So it's really about making yourself stand out, that doing something that's different to to your competitors specifically in like a local setting where you're, you know, if you're a guarding company going up against a big guarding company, a national one, as well as local ones, you've got to really kind of find your unique selling point or, or a, a, you know, a couple of them that will make you stand out. And you've just got to keep hammering away at that and those messages because, you know, that's what's going to make you, stand out better than anyone else particularly if you know if you're a a local one going after a big uh, a big uh, contract or something you need to let them know that you're local so you understand the local issues that they're facing uh, whereas a bigger company might not yeah no that's interesting and i think it depends a lot probably on the type of company within the industry because our industry's got a variety of different types of, of things but you make a great example with the guarding companies which I think some consumers anyway, and I'm not saying this is true or not true, but some consumers see that as a bit of a commodity market, right? It, it, it starts becoming all about bill rates and things like that. So I see what you're saying. It's important for, for a company in that space to be able to, to articulate how they are kind of separate from everybody else. Exactly. Way. I think one of the other things I see a lot is that company, and this, this goes for a technology company, and, and generally, when I speak about the security industry, sometimes I'll speak to, you know, an investigations company and they will say, oh, well, we're not a security company. I'm like, no, I'm, you're in the security industry, you know. So 
when I talk about security industry, I'm talking about guarding, integration, investigations like SaaS companies, mm -hmm. um, in, you know, a myriad executive protection, everything. And one of the things I see a lot of the time is that they're, they're trying to sell their service. They're not, you know, they're very good at telling their customers, we do this, we do that. But they're not good at saying why that would be helpful to their customer. They're not, you know, they don't set themselves up to say, we understand what your pain points are, and this is how we're going to solve them. And that's one thing that, uh, you know, what we do at Redco is trying to educate the security industry on how to better message their own uh, business to win more contracts and not just um, say, we have a service, buy it. And I would assume because of your background in the industry too, you're able to offer a different perspective maybe than a standard marketing company that does a variety of different things, everything from maybe grocery stores to, mm -hmm. to I don't know, accounting firms or whatever else. So, uh, because um, clearly I think in the security industry, sometimes there's a challenge with buyers feeling they don't see the value until an incident happens, right? Or we mm -hmm. nothing has happened, so we don't need the service and so forth. Um, how do you kind of help help your your clients overcome those uh, kind of challenges where there's a, a, a inability on the part of the customer to understand the particular value of the service or, or product? Um, it's hard to, you know, to make a, a you know, a security industry customer listen. You've got to, it's more of like a consistency thing. So, you know, you've got to find where they're living. And when we say living, we mean like, where are they consuming information? Um, so for a lot of, a lot of the security industry, because we're a professional industry, that's on, say, LinkedIn, um, mm -hmm. less so on Facebook and less so on, say, Instagram. Not to say that you can't find people there. But when we're looking for these professionals, you, you've really got to, you know, consistently add that message over and over again that this is what you do. This is how you can help them. Because... You know, there's an old stat about, say, emails that I think it was like on the ninth email, some, somebody would actually understand what you're doing. And um, it's, you know, it's like Coca-Cola, say, or a big brand that we know of. You know who they are because they're, you know, 100 years old. You, you've seen them constantly. And so that's really what marketing is when it differs to sales. Mm -hmm. Marketing is informing your potential customers getting your logo, getting your message across to them. So when they are ready to say buy, that they go, oh yeah, I want to go with that company that I keep seeing all the time. Everything they've given me, uh, uh, you know, they've given me a warm and fuzzy perception of what they do. And, and then, so they'd be more likely to then come to the sales team to then get a quote or, you know, a, a, a price basically. So it sounds like a lot of it really is about building visibility and ensuring that your your prospective customer base understands who you are, the services you offer, how you may be able to help them. So that even if they don't have an issue at that particular time, they kind of have you in, in the back of their mind, or I guess in the front of their mind somewhere, where if something pops up that they that they see that. Um, do you uh, do you see a lot of of um with your clients a lot of approaching new customers who don't have the service or product they're offering now or do you see a lot more changing over like a, we talked before about guard services a lot of times that's a 
a case of the customer becomes uh, unhappy or dissatisfied with, with the current company, so they look for somebody new mm -hmm. and things like that. Do you see it where it's more often the customers are turning over business, or is it more a case of finding a new service that they haven't had before? Um, so you're talking about like the end user of security? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it depends on the industry. You know, like with guarding, you, you have either a one-year or could have a three-year contract. Um, some people will bid out that contract if they're unhappy before that's over. Um, others will just, you know, kind of muddle through, even if they're not happy with the customer and then choose to uh, get a new contract and a new uh, contractor at the end of that, say, three-year life cycle. Um, but then with other ones, you know, if you're doing a SaaS product, it really depends on how integrated into their systems you are um, and how... You know, if you're just a bolt-on kind of uh, SaaS kind of uh, you know technology product, it could be that uh, your your you know, it does. I don't know. I've got to think of a good example now. It will. You know, your product looks at cameras, but once that you know, if they decide after a month, well, actually, we're not seeing much value in it. They'll get rid of it. But if you're if you're showing constant value in what you're doing and what you're providing to your customer, then they'll stay with you. You know, and I think that goes for any service. You know, right. I will keep going back to the same uh, car garage because they fix, they do it quickly, they fix it, right, they do what right. I need. Um, yeah. So yeah, so it really depends on the industry, I think, or the part of the industry that you know your company is in. Okay, so it sounds like it depends a little bit upon the particular subsector that you're in, as far mm -hmm. as how that works. And uh, and I guess to clarify in terms of, term of terminology with SaaS, you're talking about software as a service. And this can Sorry, be yes. anything from kind of guard management services to, um, you know, like like kind of tour watch type services to things like uh, like like bolt-ons for, for things on CCTV systems and things of that nature. So I just wanted to, to clarify that for the audience if there was anybody who was unfamiliar. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, I'll be oh, No, that's, that's fine. <laughs> completely fine. Um, in terms of the... Uh, of the kind of channels for marketing, um, which I guess probably depends also up to a degree on on this on the subsector individuals. Mm -hmm. right? um, are there particular ones which are more common in the security industry generally, or what type of avenues for marketing are you are you ordinarily seeing? I know you mentioned before about posting on social media, mm -hmm. particularly LinkedIn, but what types of other things are you seeing? Well, obviously, everybody needs a website now, whether you're, you know, a local company or the world's biggest. Um, I think that that having a website really, sh you know, as long as it's well maintained and well de designed and, and gives people the answers they need when they go to it, then that is one of your biggest assets because it, it shows that you're a professional company, ho hopefully. Um, and then... You know, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, well, we're trying this, which we've tried that. And, you know, and that can come down to like pay-per-click ads, you know, like Google ads, things like that. A, bit, a lot of people do those because they're trying to, to, when somebody, you know, searches for a particular keyword, it could be guarding services. I know mm -hmm. I should probably stop talking about just guarding. Um, but, you know, if they're looking for a camera monitoring company or an investigations your website has to be, um, you know, optimized. And that's called SEO, search engine optimization. Um, has to be optimized so you're ranking highest in those search engines, so people will find you before they find your competitors. And you know, if you're a say a, an investigations company, you've got to do the research 
and you've got to really understand your customers to say, well, if, if they were about to start a new search for a, a uh, investigations company, what are they actually typing in to Google or Bing, you know, or any others mm-hmm. there might be. Um, and, and that will help you then write content that will captivate their interest. It will drive the SEO as well and mean that they go to your website. And once they're at your website, you've got to then convert them into a, a customer by getting them to, you know, uh, capturing their, their contact details, say. And there's a myriad of ways you can do that now. So I think websites are, everybody has one now, but they're not using it to its full advantage. I see that a lot. Um, a lot of people say do pay-per-click, but they're not actually, uh, they're not actually getting a great return on investment. And that could be, the message they're putting out. It could be the, the person they're using to do it um, doesn't understand their industry, you know, and that's, again, like we've said earlier, is pretty much why I started this company was I saw a gap in the market that people just don't get what we do um, as an industry. Uh, and, or they're paying somebody, uh, you know, a, a very low fee and that person is not doing a great job to service their, their account. Um, but there's loads of things um, that we do. Link- LinkedIn, I say, is one of the best professional things you could be maximizing your time on, um, you know, writing posts, both for yourself, it, uh, you know, and whether you're trying to build your own brand or you're trying to build your company's brand, you really need to be putting your messages out on LinkedIn and connecting with people who are your potential buyers um, you know, whether that's, you know, channel partners that you want to increase um, if you're a technology company or if it's, you know, if you're a guarding company, you want to uh, sell to more property managers. You've really got to target your key customers um, and you can do it for free or you can pay, pay a, you know, a bit of money and get somebody else to do it for you. So it sounds like for, for companies and maybe particularly smaller companies, there's a lot of value in the, in the kind of content marketing space. Uh, I guess to establish credibility and things like that. For everyone, yeah, like you see the biggest companies doing it, um, and the smallest companies, uh, from you know a local couple of million dollar company to the biggest in the world. Um, it's it's really about finding your customers or your potential customers where they are, and just keep consistently telling them about your your message and what you can do to solve their pains. So it sounds like consistent, uh, it sounds like important that you're you're kind of fishing in the pond that's got fish in it, right? Or the fish that you're interested in catching. And mm-hmm. then um, and then consistency, you don't want to only put content out, you know, every blue moon, but you, you want to have it pretty much on a, on a schedule. And that's how come you conceivably want to hire somebody else or outsource that, that particular Yeah, project. and like a lot of companies want to do email campaigns, which are time consuming. You also need people to contact, um, and there's a lot of things, you know, ways to do that. You can buy lists. You can um, you can create something that's free that you give out that then you capture people's um, your contact details. I mentioned before about adding uh, something to your website. There's a, a thing called a pixel that you can add to your website that every time somebody goes to your your actual you know landing page or, or, or homepage that it sees their uh, their email address, their phone number, their name, um, and then gets put into your data. Um, 
there's so many things we can do. It's just me, you know, helping people understand what right. options there are out there. Um, so, yeah. And, and the pixel would work, I guess, instead of like an opt-in, like you might offer something like there, like a, a like some white paper, let's say, for an opt-in. But the pixel sounds like it's more, um, I'll call it passive, not surreptitious, but but it's it's passive basically on the page. Is, is that an accurate understanding? Yeah. So if you've got an opt-in kind of you know form on your website, people have to one not be lazy enough to not fill it in or have the desire to fill it in. Um, I talk you know, what I talk to my customers about a lot is people are busy. I don't, I, I always say they're lazy, but they are, we're busier than we're ever before. And people don't necessarily always want to take the time to fill something in, even if they are interested. So a pixel will just automatically capture their contact details um, and put it into the system. And a quick question, and I don't know if this uh, falls more into the sales area, like direct sales as opposed to marketing, but, um, direct outreach through phone calls and things like that would you put that under the heading of sales or marketing oh that's that's sales okay um, good, good. So, all right yeah well, um, because I, I have some thoughts on that and the majority of them are are bad so I'll, I'll i'll put that off to the side and we won't talk about that so uh yeah i think this has been extremely helpful with the perspective of of companies and how they can uh expand their their visibility for potential customers i'd like to kind of segue for a few minutes to the individual, uh, because we, we certainly have people in the audience maybe who work as internal internal practitioners within an organization, or maybe in their organization, they're not in a kind of role that touches sales and marketing. But it sounds like a lot of the things you're saying um, about doing it at the organizational type level are valuable for the individual as well, too. So um, could we talk a little bit, I guess, about, uh, about personal branding um, and why it might be important uh, personal branding for professionals in the security industry. Yeah, so personal branding, I'm, that's what I do you know, now is I am literally always kind of doing my own personal branding. Um, every, you know, branding is that every business has one, but every person is one. So to create your own personal brand, you've got to continually you know i always come back to consistency it's like i always say it's like going to the gym you can go to the gym one day and come out and great you went to the gym but there's no real results but if you go to the gym every day or three times a week after a year you're going to see you know consistent results so i'd say like the some of the most important reasons are you get to kind of put out what you want into the world and create a perception with your audience. So you need to know a couple of things. One, who is your audience? You really need to know why, why would they want to listen to you? What, what is it about your, your product or your service that is going to help them? Um, but then also know yourself, like what are your capabilities to be able to provide those services? Mm -hmm. And once you know those kind of two basic things, you can start creating your brand um, and setting up your brand is it's not a hard thing to do. You know, if you you've got a you can pick colors that you know resonate with your brand and your ideals and your values. You can pick fonts that mean something. And then you have to consistently use those things, those colors, those brand, uh, those fonts. Um, your message has to be the same type of message who you're um, messaging it to consistently 
and just like consistently posting information that is going to help your potential customers um like optimizing your your linkedin profile to become you know quote unquote a landing page um and if people don't know what a landing page is it's kind of a, a page that when people click on a link they go to it and it's it's designed to maximize what people see of your you know your services how you can fix their services and then sometimes a price of what it would be to do that so say for email marketing it would have the benefits of email marketing um you know how much it costs um, and, and how we would do it um so everything you do in your posts has to come back to your core values and your brand and your your message that you want to get to people okay um so for someone who wants to kind of build it out it sounds like they need to be concerned a about making sure and and we're talking primarily about social media i think uh involving in particular linkedin um making sure that their profile is really optimized right that they have everything in there to to provide a, a fulsome picture of, of of themselves and their capabilities that- yeah and one thing i see a lot is that people talk about themselves on linkedin they'll say this is my experience you know i've worked at this company for five years uh, you know i was in charge of this that's not what your customers want to see or hear they want to see um what you're going to do to fix their problem right that's so it should be more they really yeah so when you're, we're optimizing it like your banner make sure you've got a banner that's got you know specific details uh your profile pic the amount of profile pictures i see that are the most unprofessional like somebody out on a friday night um you know with a couple of uh, of drinks in them uh, it's like there are ai headshots you can use now you can literally fill it with you know 15 photos of yourself and it will generate 200 headshots so you know for like 20 bucks so there's no excuse really anymore um you know so that's one of my big bugbears is people wanting to be in a professional atmosphere but not acting like it you know if you want to be a ceo you've got to dress like a ceo you've got to talk like a ceo and you've got to you know present yourself that way um and i don't always see that sometimes i see an amazing job um and other times a very lackluster one yeah no that's 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 excellent input ed and uh before we close out, I want to hit you up on any other pet peeves and things like that. But I just wanted to ask as well, too, with this um, in terms of consistency. So I guess uh, consistency and also a value of content, right? I mean, you don't want to just be posting things for the sake of posting them, but making sure that there's a direct connection or correlation with mm-hmm. the um, with whoever it is you're targeting. And that may be a... Uh, a potential customer that may be a potential employer it may be a potential channel partner all depending on on what your particular uh interests are is that is that accurate yeah and it, it all comes down to knowing your audience or your potential customer you know if if you're not giving them stuff that helps them or they're interested in or or it's not even you know it's not humorous and they want to you know you don't always do serious you need to do things that show mm-hmm. your personality as well um then they're, they're, why would they click on you? Because you're not going to help help them. Right. And so exactly. it comes down to what value are you bringing and how well do you know your customers? Um, I, my biggest, you said about my biggest kind of annoyance. Um, mm-hmm. And this is, I think it's industry-wide, but it's particularly probably with the guarding industry, 
is using stock photos. It drives me up the wall when I see that same security on the back of somebody's jacket. Um, like if somebody goes to your website and sees that, but then they go to another website and see the same photo. Like yeah, how, it really impacts how, credibility quite a bit. Yeah, and, and obviously not everybody has the budget for these things, but you can get some nice photos now if you've got a, a good you know, phone with a good uh, you know, resolution. Just take photos of your officers. Take a hundred photos, and three might be be worthy of post, mm-hmm. you know posting. Um, but if you're not doing it consistently, taking photos, going out, uh, making sure your officers have great uniforms, you know, or if your technology, um, so there's there's a couple of guys that constantly post that I follow. One of them works for a national uh, national company, and he constantly posts about where he is. Uh, like in the world, say the world, the US, where he's traveling. And if he listens to this, he'll know exactly who he is because he posts pictures of his bags, um, you know, things with his logo on. And it's it, it's not like he's saying we can fix your problem, but he's constantly saying we're here, we're a company. Yeah. And eventually somebody will click on it and go, oh, I didn't realize that's what you did. I actually need that. Um, and the same with another guy in LA who constantly posts about, a new, a new successful, uh, you know, uh, company they've just merged with, or not merged with, they've just taken over a new site that they've added cameras, they've added this, and he takes photos of it and he tells people about it. And people like to buy from people who are successful. You know, if you walk past a restaurant and there's only two people sitting in the restaurant, you're probably going to keep on walking. But if you walk past and it's like half full, you go, well, there's enough seats for me. It's popular. Yeah. Let's go and eat. You know, it's the same same principle. Yeah, no, those are some those are some interesting uh, observations. Ed. And I think yeah, to the part about stock photos, I kind of agree with you. I don't know why um, there would be a need to, to to have stock photos with the quality of cameras now on phones and stuff. And as you said, you might have to put a little effort into it. But yeah, I know yeah. particularly in the EP space, you see a lot of the same photos on these EP company websites. And it's always the same thing where like, either there's a private jet with the guy standing there or, or, yes. or what have you. So, uh, no, I understand that entirely. And I, I see the same thing. Um, but it sounds like some of the things you see people kind of doing well are these things where they're sharing information that's potentially valuable or in the case of at least showing that they, they're, they're, they're out there basically where there's some type of a kind of, of, uh, uh, acknowledgement of who they are, even if you don't necessarily know everything about what they offer and things like mm-hmm. that. Are there any other things you see in particular where you see people are doing things particularly well? Uh, you spoke about a couple, but I don't know. If there's um, any- so um, one of my customers uh, is really like killing it. Um, uh, they are doing a little bit of everything. Um, they're not putting all their eggs in one basket and just putting it all into, you know, pay-per-click ads. They're doing, um, you know, they've optimized their website. They're writing blog content so they get show up in search engine um, more readily. They're, they're using local, and these, these are a, a local city uh, company. They're doing like, they're using Yelp and they're using um, Nextdoor and they're doing other mm-hmm. things to find people where they are in their local territory. You know, and if you're a, a national company, you, you know, and I worked for nat- a couple of national companies. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of messaging at a really high level, but they don't do much messaging at the local level other than having a salesperson. And I think for, say, a small company, that's 
a way of getting in is doing more local messaging um, and having a sales team, obviously. But it's doing a little bit of everything really means that you're going to hit more people who are rather than just doing one thing on LinkedIn and only five people seeing it. So it sounds like uh, almost, and I don't know if this is a good analogy or not, but almost like where with intelligence, you want to use multiple sources. With marketing, you want to use kind of multiple avenues or vectors to be out there and be present in different places in different ways. So that because you may have some prospective customers who consume content or consume information in a particular way, others consume it a different way. So to the extent that you don't, you're not going to the point where you're so um, overwhelmed where you can't manage it all well. It sounds like at least having several having several separate channels is is, is a positive approach. Definitely, yeah, yeah. You're going to hit different people looking at different content. Um, uh, you know, I I would always say budgets, like everything. You know, we're in the security industry. Budgets are a big thing for our customers. They're also a big thing for us. So you know, the more you do, the more it costs, but the more ROI you should see. I would always recommend to anybody to look at the data. You know, we tell our customers that as, as security uh, professionals, always look at data. Um, so if you're paying for Google ads, say, and it's not doing anything, it didn't bring anything, either change your messaging, change the person who's doing it or helping you do it, um, or put that money into something different like email marketing. Um, you know, you don't have to keep doing the same thing. Uh, um, you know, what's, what's the, the quote about insanity? You know, doing the same thing. <laughs> Expecting a again. different result, yeah. So yeah. Um, like, yeah sorry. But if you don't collect the data and you don't look at what, say, just say you're doing social media posts, um, you might get one post that stands out way more than everybody for views, for likes, for, you know, whatever the metric you're using. Um, then do more of that because that's what people, they liked it, they viewed it, they want to see more of it. Um, you know, it doesn't mean you, you shouldn't still put the message out there um, that, that had lower uh, uptake because it also comes down to, you might have loads of likes, but if nobody's buying your product from it, then why mm -hmm. you don't, don't want to do it? Focus on what's making you money and double down on that. Yeah, you hit on some important things there. I think one of the first ones is that um, sometimes acknowledgement is not necessarily that valuable if you're not if you're not receiving a return on it. So yeah, you get a thousand people give you the thumbs up or the smiley face or whatever it is on that particular platform. But if they're not really interested in pursuing it beyond that, uh, I'm not sure there's a lot of value to it. So that's that that's a very yeah. valid point. And then the other part too about uh, about kind of testing things or kind of following up depending on. Uh, investing in things that are showing higher value, but allowing time for things to 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 kind of play out because it may not happen the first week or first day right. or what have you. And that's one thing that we have to uh, you know, educate our customers a lot is with, with any of these services, it really takes a three month plus, sometimes four to six months to see actual traction. You know, just because you've emailed somebody and said, hey, you know, would like to meet doesn't mean they're going to say yes because they might they might not have a need they might might not be ready um, you know myriad, myriad of reasons but in six months they might go oh I remember that guy emails me every, yep. you know every couple of weeks um, and uh, you know they type into their their email thing security and hopefully you pop up first uh, and 
you know, it might be six months later that they're contacting you. Just that's why consistency is key because, um, you know, it's like, it's like dating. You don't ask somebody to marry you on the first date at the end of the day. You know, you've got to woo them and court them. And then eventually you get another date and another date and another date. And then eventually you meet the parents and, you know, and then you get married. And that's kind of how these things work. No, that's uh, that's excellent uh, info, and I think I think for for both individuals that maybe uh, own companies or individuals who are involved in the, in the in the in the marketing aspects of those organizations, and for individual practitioners as well, I think all this information has been extremely valuable. Uh, before we close out, I just want to mention: I know you have an upcoming webinar coming up on personal mm-hmm. branding that I think is coming up pretty soon in relation with this episode publishing so it's january 30th is that correct could you share a little yeah yeah january 30th at 10 a.m pacific time or one o'clock eastern okay we'll put the uh the information for that uh in the uh um in the uh show notes and we'll also any contact information you have also as well too oh was there anything we didn't talk about that we should have i guess on this call i know it's been kind of a short call but we handle a lot of stuff (laughs) well marketing such a vast you know, array, like, obviously, we've got so many different facets and niches within the security industry itself. Mm-hmm. Plus, there's so many different ways of getting your message and brand out there. Um, you know, I could, you can probably tell I'm a talker. But, um, you know, we could talk for an hour or two and, and still not have scratched the surface. So, uh, you know, if anybody's interested, then they're more than welcome to reach out and ask me for advice, you know, um, and, and just see if we can help or if, if we can help them do it themselves, that's fine. We'll always, we just want to be a helpful partner for, for anybody. Okay. Excellent idea. This has been extremely uh, informative and extremely helpful. Thank you.